With your games, facets, army is what to keep in mind. What you've seen is really real, and it truly is a big deal. Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome. My name is Gregory Bear Jr., also known as Elizabeth, here on the lovely internet. Um, this is going to be a fun podcast. We have our first guest on this platform, Googly versus the World, and this is where we talk about video games and how they may look like if they were to be real in real life. And last week we talked about, um, we dabbled, we did the dabble um, <laughs> between um, MMORPGs, and we talked about Old School RuneScape, and we are going to continue that journey talking about Star Wars The Old Republic. Now, this is a game that I have never played, but I would now really, really like to as I was doing my research, and um, since I don't know much about it, we have a fancy guest um, who was also part of my streaming community and a really near and dear friend of mine and who was also going to be start streaming soon, so look out for that. Um, and Gecko, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, no worries. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Gecko. Um, been a Star Wars The Old Republic player for, well, eight years now, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Um, done pretty much well all there is to do in this. I'm still, I still uh, love the game. I still play relatively daily. Um, just... <sighs> You know, it's just one of those games which once you're into, there is so much which you can do to explore. It's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, so tell us a little bit more about the game. Like what, I know it's an MMORPG um, mm -hmm. and I know that it was made on, by Bioware um, and it was announced on October 21st of 2008. But tell me a little bit more of like, what's, what's the basics of the game? Okay, so um, Bioware have been developing um, this uh, almost like combat role system which they use for the game for quite a while now. Um, the original game which they released, which had um, the basics of what uh, later became uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, was a game called Knights of the Old Republic, which was released, I believe, in about 2003. <laughs> now, the game itself was um, entirely story-based um, RPG in that you played one protagonist and you took his story from humble beginnings into legend, um, visiting various worlds, very, visiting, uh, I'll get my words out in a minute, <laughs> visiting okay. various um, different areas which you still sort of see in the movies. So you had places like uh, Tatooine, you also had uh, Kashyyyk, um, you had um, a couple other planets which uh, weren't in the movies. However, they are definitely part of the legends of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And they brought those ideas into a game. They brought, brought that into the general audience. And once it came out, there was basically no looking back. It was released and everyone said how absolutely fantastic it was. Because the graphics and everything, the combat graphics were yeah. so, so much better than what you had just generally, um, where gra where graphics could be very glitchy and you didn't get that sort of element of realism with them. With this one, they did do an attempt to do realistic fight scenes and that's that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. The only downside was, was that the fighting that they used in it was 
um, turn-based fighting. So, say one person strikes, then the other person strikes, then you strike, then the other person strikes. Okay. From there, they developed it. They um, increased their computer rates, as it were, and they started to become more and more leaning towards that open-world MMO RPG style. Um, following more in the lines of World of Warcraft, that sort of combat style, uh, because they realized how popular World of Warcraft was after they released um, the KOTOR where World of Warcraft came about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they started to really start to develop, why don't we take this to the next stage further? Because um, once KOTOR 1 came out, they thought that was it, that's, where, that's the only game we're going to do. But then a company called Obsidian came in, and took over the uh, Knights of the Old Republic name, and they created uh, the Sith Lords game, uh, Knights of the Old Republic Sith Lords, and that again went down an absolute storm. Same sort <laughs> of, um, it was the same um, gameplay, as it were, mm-hmm. um, different characters, different story, but again, it was vis- revisiting some of those other planets and uh, really um, taking that story to the next stage. Eventually, they sort of, sort of said, well, what's to lose? And they started working on Star Wars The Old Republic. That makes a lot of sense because, like, even through my research, like, it had one million subscribers within three days of it launching. And it, it's now determined as the world's fastest growing MMO ever, which I... <laughs> It makes me feel dumb that I've never heard of this um, until I met you and you're like, do you play this? And I'm like, play what? <laughs> like, uh, like, And it makes complete sense that if this game grows so fast, they would even want to branch out into books and comics. And then um, which makes me feel a little sad that like the movies you would think of that are so popular, like, why haven't I heard about this till now? Um, even if this is the before, like it's, it, it kind of puts like the nerds into the shadows a little bit of just like, mm. um, if you're a true diehard Star Wars fan, like I thought I was into Star Wars, but like now I don't feel like I am because I've never played or heard this game before I met you. And I've known you for about a little over a year now. Um, so it just makes me feel a little bit like a weenie. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's okay. But, yeah. The trouble is, is that where you get that sort of thing is that there's people, there's two people which are in fans of Star Wars. You get people who say, I'm a true loyalist to Star Wars, namely anything that George Lucas creates, anything that um, is in the movies, that is the only Star Wars I want. That's the only Star Wars I care about. Mm -hmm. But then you get the other ones who are just what's known as Star Wars nuts. Because the fact, you get to the point where you're like, what else could what uh, else could I add to this? What else is there? I mean, you say there's a galaxy far, far away, um, <laughs> or a long, long time ago, in the galaxy far, far away, and it's like, what else is there? We know this is a long time ago, but what about before then? Because every every uh, society has a history to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like um, <laughs> all said and done, right? You can imagine it as being almost the um, almost like uh, related to the war of independence in america you know like Mm -hmm. um britain was the colonial rulers but britain wanted to break away from that Mm -hmm. so in essence you could liken the empire as the colonial rulers and the rebels of the americans wanting to break away from that but what led up to that what's the history behind that how long have this 
sort of rivalry between the light and dark thing going on. And that's where um, the legends um, of Star Wars started to come about. Um, the history behind the movies, which was, mm -hmm. although it wasn't written directly by George Lucas or he didn't really have a hand in it as such, he gave creative license to those who wanted to do it. He oversaw it, okay. you know? So as such, like um, any book which is published with the Star Wars title on it always has to go through Skywalker Ranch, you know? Mm -hmm. It always has to go through that um, authentication process. Although it might not make it into the official canon, it is something which is um, Star Wars. It is something which can become canon later on. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things which um, it happens. And, of course, KOTOR and uh the games ensuing are all legends material okay you know but they've got that star wars logo on it so from what i understand from the game this happens 3600 years before the events of the films um and you choose three different roles you're either a tank a damage or you're a support um but like what do you initially do in those three roles like what's the plot line you're trying to follow um, as you go through all these different storylines and um, travel through all these worlds. Okay, so when it comes to the player roles like tank, damage, and heal, those three aren't actually the focus on the game and the story. Okay. Those are roles which you do if you're going to be partaking in group events. However, the majority of the game is solo play and solo story. Oh. The... Um, game itself was designed as it was with uh, KOTOR and KOTOR 2, was that you would play the main protagonist of your story mm -hmm. and play the Star Wars game with the whole story running right the way through it. There was uh, extras and elements uh, on added onto that in which you could have this MMO world. You could play, um, like in uh, World of Warcraft, you get uh, dungeons, you get... Um, like world bosses and all that sort of thing. Yeah. With Star Wars is exactly the same, only they they're called operations instead of dungeons. Huh. These uh, side quests, although they do add to the story a little bit, it gives you a bit more um, lore about the game. Mm -hmm. It is not essential for you to play the game. You don't have to play in the team. You don't have to play. Um, with a guild, you can do it all by yourself if you want to. Okay. It, it's one of those games which gives so much flexibility that um, you basically control what you want to do. If you want to go all out PvP or doing um, dungeons, operations, and all that sort of thing, you can do. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not necessary. Okay. But generally speaking, what they tend to look at more so is what's known as story classes. So you get eight different um, story classes. You get a Jedi Knight, a Jedi Consular, mm -hmm. a, a Republic Trooper, a Smuggler, who's also linked with the Republic. Okay. Um, then you get Sith Warrior, Sith Inquisitor, Imperial Agent, and Bounty Hunter, who's linked to the Imperials. Mm -hmm. Through that, you get to play individual stories based on those eight characters. Each story is different. So, um, with that, with the, uh, say, Jedi Knight, you can operate as a tank or a damage uh, role player. Um, 
generally speaking, you just play the um, open world, uh, the initial world that you go into. So, uh, like with Jedi Knight, the uh, initial world is Tython. Okay. There, you get to learn the dynamics of the game. You also get to start your story there as well. So you start working your way from Padawan into Knight stage in that in that um, world, and it takes off from there. Then you travel. Uh, once you get past that stage, you travel to the main home world of Coruscant and uh, do your story there. Then you branch out into the wider galaxy. So I be- oh, I can't remember how many worlds they've actually imprinted in the game. I've I when I was doing my research, I counted uh, like fifteen. <laughs> um, oh, there's a lot more than that. Yeah, like um, but I can definitely be wrong. Um, but what uh, what role did you choose, or do you play um in a guild, or do you play prefer solo um? So myself, generally speaking, when I'm playing every day, I do play quite a lot of solo missions Um, because there is still, even if you complete the story stage, there's still a lot more that you can do and discover in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I am part of guilds. Um, I am part of uh, the roleplay community in Star Wars as well. So uh, that's where you can forget about all your in-game abilities you're literally just writing and rolling as you would do with like dungeons and dragons that's literally so cool Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um so it has that element to the game so i I am a part of that community um but generally speaking like um i tend to play um tank myself like when i have a character class which does have that um that option for tanking you are the protector Um, (laughs) Yeah, in essence, because um, myself personally, I prefer, instead of going in there, burst damage, and then getting killed instantly, (laughs) I'd rather be able to sit there, take damage, absorb damage, and be that support role rather than um, anything else, you know, because I know how to build up my character to get to take a lot of damage, Mm -hmm. you know, and also self-heal. So for myself, personally, I do like that tank role because the fact that it does give you that um, ability that you can just stand there Mm -hmm. and take the damage, give a bit of damage in return. But generally speaking, you're allowing others to feed off you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um, I know we talked previously, um, just for before we even started this podcast and I brought this idea to you to have any sort of understanding um, that we we're talking about the different planets because like you said previously, like they say in the opening credits, Oh, in a galaxy far, far away. And they never talk about like, we're maybe introduced to five or six, even in the films, like, um, and there's a plethora of planets in this MMORPG. Um, but the one we focused on, or we talked about that you're really introduced to is the planet of Terrace. Um, could you tell me more about that? So yeah, there was there was two that I believe we talked about. There was Terrace and Tatooine, wasn't there? Yes. So, um, but I mean, Terrace was a world which um, in KOTOR 1 is where you're first introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a city planet, very much like uh, Coruscant, as you see in the movies, um, where the entire planet is mostly city. Um, however, it does have 
um, pockets of what's known as the promised lands, um, which uh, is mentioned in KOTOR 1. Um, it's little ecosystems in amongst the city, which basically those of the upper levels have no idea even exist. <laughs> um, they've become so set in their ways that they um, hate, uh, they even hate um, any alien life form just generally, whether that be um, sort of as you see the Twi'leks or uh, Togruta that you see in the movies, yeah. they absolutely hate them as pretty much all just a human only inhabitants. So they've lost touch with a lot of reality, you know, and it's it gives the whole planet just generally a feeling of loss. Mm-hmm. There's no balance anymore. It's It can tip either way. Before, really, that the planet could almost implode on itself, um, the Sith, um, uh, Darth Malak, uh, destroyed the surface of Tal- Taris. Oh I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying this as spoilers, anyway. I'm just saying, <laughs> all right. Um, they completely destroyed the surface of Taris with bombarding it. Do you know how? He, I, just out of curiosity, do you know why exactly that he used to bombard it? <laughs> That's just my nerdy perspective. I just want to know. Well, yeah, because um, the main protagonist uh, of the story um, ended up on Taris. Okay. Um, un- to like, unbeknownst to him, mm-hmm. is actually an al- uh, enemy of Malik, even though he didn't realize it at the time. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the destruction of the planet was to destroy um, the two main, well, uh, two of the main characters, because um, he couldn't find them. So just destroy the planet, wipe the wipe them off the face of the galaxy, you know. Yeah. Um, so he didn't have to worry about it. Um, what was the aftermath of all that destruction? What did the world look like then? Once the um, planet was destroyed the population uh, was basically completely wiped out apart from maybe a few that survived Mm -hmm. um there was a plague which used to affect um the planet which was created by the sith eons before malik even um did anything there um created the populace known as the rat ghouls now the rat ghouls were um mutants um, people who they were actually humans that got infected by this plague and got turned into mindless monsters, basically. Oh my god! So, it, yeah, it's almost like a zombie, uh, zombie f- um, sort of. And that's that's really equivalent. interesting because, um, like even with climate change happening and it going all about, um, there could be um bacteria or viruses that are stuck in the ice that we may not have been exposed to yet. And as climate change yeah. encourages, like we we're going to see them and that there is a theory um, to that's how COVID became about was because um, it came out from um, and the reasoning was climate change because we weren't introduced it before, but it really it's, it's a different strain of something else. But that, that's just one thing that yeah. we were not prepared for in the future is um, <laughs> the mystery bacteria that are stuck in an, um, the North and South Pole that we're going to find soon, eventually. <laughs> well, the thing is, you don't even have to look at the North and South Pole. You just have to look in every, any graveyard in Europe. Mm-hmm. Because um, the Black Death was um, only in the like 14, 1500s when it was like really at its height. 
there are still active populaces of Black Death in the ground. Yes. There's still active uh, germs. And if they get disturbed, then that releases the Black Death back into the environment. You know? Fantastic. So, well, but that's the thing. The majority of those who have been affected are actually buried so deep under a layer of uh, lead as well to stop the bacteria from escaping. Oh. But, but it only needs one little event, say, namely, like, if uh, war started, mm -hmm. say, in between uh, certain countries, which is threatening to at the moment, mm -hmm. one bomb in a graveyard could release that bacteria again. Oh, my God. You know? So it's one of those things which, like, like with Taurus, a cataclysmic event released the rat bull plague again mm -hmm. into the populace, into the wider populace. And in essence, the planet became zombified. <laughs> However, with that as well, it gave the planet a chance to recover. Huh. It gave the plant, although the city itself was completely destroyed, you would think that because it was with it being a city as well, so densely concreted and everything else, no, uh, it's given that planet a chance to rebuild itself from the inside out and start to clean itself. That's actually pretty cool. So, and I think that's what people noticed when COVID hit and we all shut down. Is um like the world was starting to rebuild itself. There was like that one um turtle species found in the Galapagos. It just like appeared out of nowhere, and we thought it was extinct. And it's like just kidding, I'm alive. Um, <laughs> we're all like what? Um, <laughs> because yeah. the population decreased. There was not a lot of human disturbance or interaction, of, mm -hmm. and like the carbon dioxide levels started to begin to go down and um all that. So, but. It's, of course, going to ramp back up once um, the world starts to reopen again. Um, and yeah. this would be the perfect time to start making change. Um, but that's that's up to the world to decide um, within these 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... It's one of those things, though, unfortunately, is that as human population increases, there's going to be more and more environmental impacts because of it because humans as a nature mm -hmm. we don't care what happens to the environment as long as we get to expand that's been the way human nature for years mm -hmm. it's only now that they're starting to realize that what they are doing is harmful but it's not gonna change overnight that's where they need as many much help as possible from people to make that change you know because yeah. i mean to get nine million pe nine billion people to change their minds like a snap of the fingers it's not gonna happen you know <laughs> no. um that's one thing i did find interesting during our conversation is um like i asked you how these people get around because you have so many planets and so many limited resources especially in space where things just kind of exist um at a limited amount because it's space um <laughs> there's no not much regeneration and of course there's like not much water either um, that they get over um, and around through public transport and how like or shuttles and there's like some personal starships um, but like mainly the idea is public transportation and that's like the majority um, even if you do need like light speed or um, um, for hyperdrive like it's acknowledged that there's um, major transportation is the way to go and I just found that really interesting. And, like, how 
how do you think players in the MMORPG kind of like look at the public transportation in the game? Do they do they find it a nuisance or do they actually kind of enjoy having the time talking to other people? <laughs> I don't really know to be honest because um, all of a sudden done, like when it comes to public transportation with regards um, the game itself, yeah. Um, there's almost like a taxi system which they use to get around um, planet, like on the planets, getting to this one, that one. But each player has their own personal starship as part of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I what I always liken to it is that each world is no different to Earth in regards to the populace. I mean, just take this for example: you and me, we have a car. Mm-hmm. We get about in it, but we use transport, public transport, like to go to maybe, um, like if we wanted to go for a, a day trip somewhere and there's not a lot of parking or whatever, we just use public transport or whatever or walk down there. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, each of these worlds are exactly the same as us in that regard. Not there's not not everyone is multi-trillionaires, you know. Yeah. So a per, if you take a personal starship, that's the equivalent of having your own personal jet. Oh, you know, God. it's <laughs> you know, it's not something which you'll have commonplace just generally. So how do you get about? You get on a plane. Mm-hmm. You get on a uh, economy plane to go across to the other other countries. You know, it's exactly the same with regards to Star Wars. You can use um, that sort of transport system to get from planet to planet, or if you have got, uh, or get from uh, place to place in on the planet side. Or if you have got enough money, then you can use the transport to get to other planets, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same as if you're hitching a ride on an aeroplane. The difference being is that with the Star Wars universe, they are sustainable in their activities that they do. They have set worlds developed purely for agriculture. They have set worlds which are strictly mining and other things like that. So it works out as a balanced ecosystem for with regards uh, populace to thrive throughout the whole galaxy. You know, it's... I think if I remember quickly, correctly, there was um, about three worlds which supplied Coruscant just itself with um, with uh, farmed materials. Okay. You know, like farmed vegetables and things yeah. like that. So it was that those worlds were specifically dedicated to farming. You know, that was all they did. They didn't have any other industry on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, my so, last. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. Carry on. I was saying my last question, um, because we are soon to be wrapping up for episodes, which is really sad. Um, do you think humans, since like this is such an adaptive game to the human population, do you really think that humans can live in space, just like? the mmorpg just for a fun question i I was just curious (laughs) like um what we have to remember is that although it says a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away they were so much more technically advanced than we are now Mm -hmm. you know so much could be different in our world in order to get to that le- that level mm-hmm. however however the one thing that i always recognize is the fact we're talking about just our solar system yes like with regards ourselves where are is it possible to live on mars <laughs> who knows the thing is 
but the thing is, what you've got to remember is that they're talking about a galaxy of billions and billions of planets. Yes. You know, multiple, multiple solar systems. Mm-hmm. So it's quite possible that they do have, that in this galaxy, in the Milky Way galaxy, mm-hmm. there are other Earth-like worlds where you have the same breathable air, you have the same breathable, uh, drinkable water, you have the same ecosystem on that planet. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that time will tell in that regard. I think if I would could... agree. Because, um, like, for those who are listening, um, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> and um, there, there is no mushrooms on Mars. That's a lie. Um, what you see on there, those aren't mushrooms. Um, and we still... There is some sort of remnants of water on Mars to say that it was a planet, which is kind of like what we were talking about earlier um how things could be thriving and then it changes but um i i just wanted to clear that up um (laughs) that mars mars does not grow shrooms friends (laughs) my bad i just that was really upsetting (laughs) through a while um (laughs) like everyone's like oh my god there's life on mars i'm like no no there isn't it's not real these aren't real (laughs) Um, but, yeah. <laughs> we still don't know a lot about Mars. You know, we're only just beginning to explore the surface of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are tests which say that, yes, it was an Earth-like world once. But the thing is, what you also got to remember, there's a delicate, ba- delicate balance between life and death in the galaxy. Yeah. Like, just say the Earth, for example. If it was, say, 2,000 miles closer to the sun... Mm-hmm. It would burn up on one side, you know? It would burn up. If it was 2,000 miles the other way, it would start to freeze. Yeah. You know? It's such a delicate balance that life on Earth can survive. Whether or not Mars could be a part of that, whether or not it would ever be too cold, really, to have a sustainable life, mm-hmm. we don't know. That's that's the answer, you know? Yeah. We really don't know because the fact the scientific journals are only saying so much. I have hope and belief that we can start to expand and learn more about the galaxy, mm-hmm. but we are only just starting to learn about our own solar system, let alone the galaxy and the universe beyond it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just have to see what happens in that regard. Um, my last quick question, I guess, um, my last question, I guess, wasn't my last question. Um, do you think SWTOR, um, this MMORPG, or um, even the galaxy, Star Wars in general, um, do you think that has will push um space exploration further because it's gotten people curious about it oh definitely um i mean all said and done a lot of the people who are scientists now or have studied uh cosmos and things like that started because of star wars or Mm -hmm. star trek you know those two those two programs have a lot to answer for with regard to our modern discovery and modern age you know yeah um just because as soon as they saw uh, plasma bolts being shot from uh, rifles and lightsabers and everything else. They thought, is this possible? Is this ever possible in real life? Mm-hmm. And it sparks that creativity, sparked that interest into the open, uh, into the grand, more grand scheme of things. So I would say, yes, definitely, Star Wars has a lot to answer for with regards boosting our own technological advances um, and just general interest in space uh general interest in what the world 
has to offer beyond our own. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's uh, that's a great answer. I you would say it better than I would ever think of. Um, but I want to appreciate um you taking your time, um for answering these questions hanging out with me um talking about video games and what the world would look like if they were real because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's one what this podcast is about and thank you for being interested to even talk about it with me um is there Anytime. any place where we if someone wanted to catch up with you um and talk about this further is there a place we could find you yeah, I mean, um, my Discord uh, channel, if uh, or my Discord username is always um, available if people want to uh, message me through that. Um, generally speaking, I'm going to be starting up, um, hopefully streaming, so I will be getting a um, little server going for that. So I'll put Yay. a, um, I'll send you through anyway, a uh, link to that anyway, uh, okay. and see what happens from there. Really, um, if not. Also, um, Gecko is part of my streaming community as well. Um, so if you are a part of my community or would like to be, um, my Discord link is down below. Um, and my um, streaming link is also down below, um, along with any references that we may have used um, during this podcast. Um, again, Gecko, I want to appreciate you with your time and how knowledgeable you are and how passionate you are about this game. And <laughs> I think for sure you, um, since even you helping me with my Sith cosplay and like, um, you have definitely assured me that I will be downloading this game. I don't know how much I will be playing it because it does sound like a big commitment, <laughs> but like it will be on my PC. It will be on my computer, and I, to be honest, I'll probably stream it at some point. Um, so do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, it. It just sounds so cool. Um, but again, thank you. Is there anything else you would like to say to the world? Just thank you for taking the time to listen anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, anytime. You're a sweet bean. And if for those who think Gecko is dumb for anything he says, I will fight you. I will personally ban you. <laughs> um, Gecko is the sweetest bean that you could ever meet. And he's really, really cool. So when he does start streaming, please go check him out. Um, his content is going to be fantastic. His personality is well so welcoming. Um, and I highly, highly recommend hanging out with him. So <laughs> I think this is the end. I've never had a guest, um, <laughs> so I don't know how to end it. But um, for those listening, I want to appreciate your time. Um, all of our um, links are down below if you would like to look into this game more. Um, if you would like to find us more, um, please take care of yourself. Go stretch. Take some noms take your meds refill your meds um take a nap <laughs> uh, get something to eat a little snacko or even just get up and stand for a quick minute um your health is very important you are important and i hope you have a wonderful day thank you so much friends for hanging out and i will see you next week bye Video games, past the time, is what to keep in mind. What you've seen is really real, and it truly is a big